Unfortunately, I find myself in a wonderful situation. All right. Welcome back once again to the Organic Football Podcast. And guys, it's Monday Night Football, the first edition of the year. And we're watching it. We're podcasting uh, as these games are finishing up. We already saw the first game. This It's always a nice little bonus in week one every year. The NFL throws two games on Monday Night Football. I kind of like that. So we already saw what happened with the Steelers and the Giants, and now we are currently right around halftime of the Tennessee-Denver game. So let me check in with you guys, see how your weekends went. First week one of fantasy football, uh, exciting stuff all around, a uh, lot to talk about for sure. So Rich, send it over to you first, man. Tell me about your week one uh, experience. Give me a little overview, how you're feeling about your squad and just about a lot of the other happenings in the NFL. Good to be here, Mark. Glad to see your face again. I love it when we get together, have a good conversation, man. Just uh, glad to be here. It is good. It's week one. I love the two games on Monday night. Definitely get you fired up, get you going. So I like that little move by the NFL. And uh, good week one for me. Personally speaking, my team did pretty well. Um, a, a pretty, I, Actually, I'd call it an average week for me. I'm going to round out about, we'll see where Ryan Tannehill gets me, but somewhere around 95 points. That's what I look to score. That's kind of my baseline. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. How about you, Brad? How are you feeling? Well, you know, yesterday I was feeling great. <laughs> I had 80 points between half my team, four guys, you know, averaging 20 points from all of them. Solid, solid numbers. And then today is a different story. I mean, I had James Conner going, A.J. Brown, Pittsburgh defense, and Goskowski, who forgot how to kick. <laughs> I mean, granted, the second one was a little bit tipped, so we'll give him that. But still, he, he looks like trash. Yeah, man. So I'm barely putting up like 10 points today. So kind of scared, but I'm still going to pull out the W. So, I mean, we can reassess everything and look to fight another day. Brad, you feel 100% confident right now that you will win today's matchup? Uh, not 100% confident, like 95. 95, okay, all right. I was saying, I was thinking there was that sliver still just out there. <laughs> he needs he needs no offense-type miracles here. It's Monday night, but that's, that's why we're here. <laughs> For those viewers at home, it's about 18. He's 18 points down. No offense at 14 right now. Remember, we're in a standard non-PPR league, so it's pretty standard scoring, so. He'll need about another 120 yards and a touchdown or two touchdowns and 60 yards. Well, and in addition, Brad, you also have A.J. Brown going, so he could always do something in the second half. I mean, Goskowski could miss three more field goals. <laughs> That's a possibility, too. I'll take that. That's interesting, and I'm glad you mentioned our scoring system real quick. Just to remind the listeners, guys, we are non-PPR, so when we're talking about these scores we're putting up, there may be some people, when they first hear it, say, oh, 85-90, these guys think that's a good score. 100 points is a really solid score, you know, and you go over 100, you're having a pretty great weekend. So that's kind of how our scores break down. We know that in PPR, the scores might be a little bit different, but perspective that we are coming from, and 100 points is that nice golden number. If you get to that, you're feeling really good about your week. Yeah, we start 
start we start eight players as well. I, I kind of like a lot. A lot of standard leagues have nine players as well. So yeah, we we've talked about it before in different episodes mm-hmm. a little bit. But yeah, that really pared down version of what we play is what makes it so competitive. Really makes it cutthroat. So that's that's why we go after that. We you have to strive and really go after it and get those points. So that's that's a delineating factor for us. Absolutely, bro. And we want to make sure we uh, tell the fans to always check out our Instagram. In fact, uh, there's usually a nice little post or a drop on there every time before we record, usually after a uh, episode drops. So we got all the info out there for you guys. I know on Sunday, Rich, you were hitting Instagram pretty hard with some good uh, fantasy content, also some funny stuff. You know, we always like to make people laugh too because – I think uh, fantasy football and cracking up kind of goes hand in hand. So we want to make sure we direct the fans to Instagram for sure and also Facebook and catch us on all those pod platforms. How many are we up to these days, Rich? Six, seven, 12? Somewhere in that six range, I think. <laughs> We're on the top platforms. I think if you go out there and if you're listening to podcasts and you hit that search function and hit uh, organic football podcast, I think we'll pop up for you. So give it a try. We're on most of the major ones, so come and find us if you could. Uh, leave a rating or a review. That would help us out a lot. And also that subscribe button, man. That's the big one. If we can get you guys to listen every week, that'd be awesome. Trying to crank out some good content for you guys and help you with your fantasy teams, get you into those playoffs, and get you contending. Help us to help you, man. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, if you guys wanted to on our Instagram, uh, throw a start-sit question on there or any type of stuff you want to ask about your league, you know, fire away and we'll be happy to respond and give you our thoughts. Uh, So definitely we love interacting um, on Instagram and everything. So appreciate you guys for checking us out on that. And we are, like I said, watching Monday night football as we record. So you guys are long for the ride with us as this week one wraps up. I'm sure there's a lot of anxiety out there and we will definitely, you know, bring the, Info to you guys as we're watching it and come join the circle with us. Uh, whether your team is uh, maybe got steamrolled a little bit this week like mine or you're having a hell of a nice week like Brad and Rich over there are both going to get a W. Then there's the middle ground where you're sweating it out on Monday night. and <laughs> That's where I usually find myself, I think, not this week, but I usually find myself in that role of sweating it out. You guys know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. I hate sweating them out. I think that's what's great about what we're doing here, though, is getting together on Monday nights, smoking the weed, and watching this last bit of football. This this is the the most tense of the moments, man. When you're playing on – their game has to close out on Monday night usually. There's the nice days when it wraps up on Sunday, but a lot of days and a lot of weeks are coming down to this tension of Monday night. you got to sit there and wait all day for that football. You sit and watch, and it all unfolds. And, yeah, you could have heartbreak. Brad had it in his mind earlier today that maybe he was coming after our, our weekly points total where uh, each week we pay out uh, a bonus to the weekly point getter, the highest point getter. It's fun, man. And that's that's what's great about fantasy football is Monday night. Hell yeah, man. And Rich, uh, I wanted to mention this before we roll into our Sunday recap of all the big games. And of course, we'll hit our intermission and on the backside, uh, have a lot of thoughts about waiver guys and the injury news. But Rich, uh, before we do that, you know, it's halftime of the game here and keeping the organic theme rolling like we do, man. And we always like trying out new cannabis products. And one that you picked up today, Rich, I believe is the Keef Cola. So it is a beverage uh, infused with cannabis and the flavor of purple passion. So tell me how that purple nurple is treating you, bro. 
Yeah, real quick, I, just before we got on, I cracked that bad boy and poured him over a little ice. Tastes like a, a grape soda, man. Oh. There's no weed flavor to it at all. It just tastes like a really delicious grape soda. I have it here in my hand. Um, I'm, you know, about three quarters of the way through with the sucker. It was 100 milligram. Wow. So, you know, we'll uh, we'll get to about halftime of our show when we get to our halftime, <laughs> our herbal intermission, and we'll see how this sucker's treating me. Oh, yeah, man. I've been wanting to check one of those out, so I'll be interested to... Uh, to check in with you later on that man all right guys so we are gonna move on into the uh weekly recap and we're gonna bring you guys uh the latest and greatest from fantasy over the weekend of course everybody you know is checking on their leagues and keeping up to date on everything but we're here you know just in case you missed anything and to get our thoughts our uh unique point of view that we like to bring brad certainly you have a unique point of view uh, i like to keep it unique it's <laughs> good bro <laughs> All right, guys. So the first game I'm going to start with is going to be out there in Carolina. Uh, the Raiders came to town, and I was projecting a, a high-scoring fantasy game for a lot of players. Uh, some might call it a fantasy bonanza, something like that. But there were a lot of big scores getting thrown up in that game, uh, especially at the running back position. Those two studs, Rich. When you look at that game, you know what did you make of uh, the fantasy production? Definitely a lot of firepower, and I was impressed with what i saw out of josh jacobs of course i think i think anybody sees that tape they're just enthralled with what that kid was doing out there that's what you want in a fantasy running back he's doing the catching the ball he's he's running hard mouthed i mean he was just gobbling up every bit of fantasy value though too beware of that i was a little bit interested in brian edwards or henry ruggs maybe in the trade market but man I could see Josh Jacobs just being a, a true vulture to everybody else in that offense because of how good he's going to be. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I don't like to make judgment on week one, but is this guy a top five back this year? I, I, I think it's a possibility. Yeah, I could see him cracking number five. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. You go through that whole draft and then, you know, week one, two or three comes around and you see these guys and, you know, I was bitching about him going for 60 bucks. <laughs> And I'm looking at him now, and goddamn, he's worth every fucking penny. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, every fucking man. penny. I agree. Jacobs looked like the full focal point of that Raiders offense, and why not? I mean, when you run angry like that, you've got a bad attitude, you know, a little bit like AP in the sense. AP, you know, in the old days, he's ready to go out there and punish people. So I like that with Josh Jacobs for sure, man. And on the Carolina side, guys, uh, couple things. Christian McCaffrey did what he does. Um, he had two touchdowns. He, I believe he put up over 100 yards. There was also some firepower going in the receiving core in Carolina. Robbie Anderson put up a pretty nice fantasy score. Uh, Rich, what did you make of what happened on the Carolina side? I, I really liked, obviously, what I saw out of Christian McCaffrey as well. But I'll tell you, I'm just really happy to see that Matt Rule is very, very knowledgeable and new specific plays that ran under Ron Rivera the same place. So I, I liked to see that. It's like, wow, like that's a that's an adjustment for a coach to say, I'll run these plays for my running back because they run so well with Christian McCaffrey. So it's it's definitely a, definitely an interesting thing there. Uh but yeah, and you mentioned Robbie Anderson. He was pretty much that one big play. But I mean, no doubt Robbie Anderson is about that one big play. So, like, if you were interested in Robbie Anderson, you'd be interested for that kind of reason. You'd be looking for that high-end potential, so that spark plug that can just, like, jolt you to a victory here and there. So, uh, Robbie Anderson's a little on the radar, I guess. Yeah, I kind of see him being, uh, you know, up and down kind of guy. 
I don't see him getting these kind of numbers every week. You know, some weeks he's going to get you 30, 70 yards, and other weeks he'll get you 100 yards and a touchdown. So he's kind of like that flex two plane if you can pick the matchup right. I think he's a very viable starter. Yeah, and even though the Panthers lost that game, I did think that Teddy Bridgewater played pretty well. And, uh, you know, I just think he'll be solid in Carolina. That offense should be putting up points every week, I would think. And they're going to be playing from behind because the defense did not look good to me at all. So No, bad defense. One thing I'll point out as a fantasy owner right out the gate, like I look at – I'm looking for those god-awful defenses. That's one thing I like to pick on in fantasy football. I like to pick on embedding. I like to come after those really, really shitty teams. So you got to find them. These like first four weeks are really key to really navigate, get through those four weeks, and kind of really say what are these teams. And out of the gate, Carolina defense looks real, real shaky. Yeah, man. And moving on to the Green Bay-Minnesota game. Uh, I liked what I saw in this game, the lot of points getting put up. You know, it's interesting. Uh, another league member of ours, Toby, he's a big Minnesota guy. He loves his Vikings. So he started their defense and ouch. Yeah, they hung a negative five on him after giving up 43 points. So that is always a tough pill to swallow. But just talking about the game, guys, I mean, uh, Green Bay, man, Aaron Rodgers, I think he kind of came out. He, He proved to the world that, yeah, they may have drafted a QB in round one. That's great. But I'm still here, and I can still chuck this rock all the way around the yard, you know, and it's easy for him. Um, And when he's got a receiver like Devontae Adams catching the ball, Brad, I'll let you expound on him. What did you see from your stud wide receiver in that game, bro? Well, it's kind of funny you mentioned that, Mark, because when the draft was going on, Devontae Adams was going really cheap. And for a top number one wide receiver, he was down like the – like high 20s so well that's when i started getting invested and i started to think i told jay you know rogers can be trash you know they're looking to move on this and that and i started to think what if i'm wrong Mm -hmm. what if i'm wrong and then he gets a lot of receptions so then i decided to go there and i got him and i've been happy ever since yeah Devontae adams he's a good play you're absolutely right Sorry, I got sometimes you just got to listen to the, the outside world and make your decisions. Sometimes there's a message that just tells you, like, this is what I should do. Like, you just receive that message and you're like, this is what I should do. Don't fuck it up, bro. Right. Go get it. Hmm. Gotcha. Hmm. Okay. Are we talking about a little uh, mid draft texts conversation? Is that what I'm picking up on here? I was drafting on my phone, Mark. I can't do that. Your phone was locked up with draft. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't receive calls. I didn't know what day it was. It was terrible. I drafted Allen Robinson. Maybe like a little like <laughs> message like from just like the head to the head. So just, it put, it out in just the put it out and then the message comes over and you just grab it. You never know. But yeah, Devontae Adams, man. Killer, killer weekend. Uh, It was definitely interesting to watch the Green Bay offense in gear, man. But what I would say is they do got a lot of pieces. We'll we'll probably get to a a little bit of this later when we get into our waiver stuff. But look out for these pieces, man. They're definitely like shifting people around. They're doing some different things. So I, I I was intrigued by, oh, is that a pick? I was intrigued by what Matt LaFleur was doing there. That was a pick. Ryan Tannehill with a picky flag on the field. Ooh, got a flag. But uh, real quick, yeah. I'll say this about Devontae Adams. Yeah. The one thing I did like or take away from this Sunday is both of his touchdowns came within the five yards of the end zone. That's what you want. So yeah. when they get in the red zone, they're looking for him. So 
That's huge. Yeah, I love red zone targets. Those are huge. That, I mean, and we all know Devontae Adams is a super talented receiver, but even that catch that he had on the sideline going out of bounds for that touchdown, man, that was impressive that he was able to secure that and get the feet down. That's crazy. Talk about the Minnesota side of the ball, guys. I saw that Adam Thielen and Kirk Cousins had uh, kept their nice connection going from years past. Uh, they didn't really seem to miss Stefan Diggs, as far as I could tell. You know, Dalvin Cook, I believe, got in the end zone. So that was a positive sign. They just couldn't keep up with Green Bay. I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers came to play, and that offense was cranking. So on the Minnesota side, uh, Rich, what did you see, man? I kind of liked what I saw, to be honest with you, on the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, I did not like what I saw. A lot of blown coverages on, on defense, so Really not what I'm usually anticipating from a Minnesota defense, but those corners are young, see how they progress this season, but they might be one of those, it might be a group that I can kind of pick on. So I look I look at Carolina as a team I can pick on. Uh, Minnesota might be the, the secondary I can pick on. So I'm looking for some nice wide receivers up against it. So who are my NFC North wide receivers, for instance? You know, your Devontae Adams, you already got your one out of that, but you get one more. So that's nice. But then I might look around at some other options. Uh, offensively, I loved what I saw. They are sticking to their program, run the ball, base it off of the run, really come on some nice play action. And and I liked what I saw from Kirk Cousins here and there, man. He used his feet on. I, I got to be honest with you. He looked good, and the weapons are good. I like the secondary weapons. They brought in um, Justin Jefferson, a rookie. He looked pretty good. And then there, there's that guy, B.C. Johnson. They look pretty good out there. So they're good NFL wide receivers are, are bound to play well. Uh, I don't think they're fantasy relevant just yet, but um, they look good. Yeah, and Dalvin Cook looked like a happy running back out there. He got his contract, so yeah. we should mention that. If you were following us on Instagram, I'm sure we got the info out there. But, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was signing day on Saturday, I think. You know, Kamara got his money. Alvin, or Dalvin Cook, excuse me, uh, got, you know, paid and also Cooper Cup. So it's nice to have those guys all got their contracts, all happy. You saw what a guy like DeAndre Hopkins could do, and we, we'll get to that, you know a happy uh, camper with his contract as well. So the Minnesota offense is going to be strong this year. Dalvin Cook, uh, I would expect big things from him. He, he's definitely on my radar for a top five finishes RB this year, man. Yeah, I was very impressed with him. Uh, I'm happy he got his money. And you can see that stuff's all in the past, and he's ready to do some work. Hell yeah, guys. Moving on to the New England Patriots. Uh, they played the Dolphins. Uh don't really care about them. Not much to talk about, except uh, there was an injury that we'll get to later in, in Miami. But Cam came <laughs> out for the Patriots and looked pretty amazing, I thought. He was back to his old running self. He picked up 75 yards on the ground, two rushing touchdowns, and just looked like he's having fun out there, you know, like the old Cam. So the change of scenery is doing him well so far, man. When you look at this Patriots offense, Brad, some of the pieces – offensively might not be quite up to par, but Cam's going to elevate everybody's game. I get the feeling. What do you think? Yeah, I think they're just, you know, they haven't played all together. There's a lot of new pieces. Things are going to come together slowly, but what you can see is it's almost methodical how they go about things. It's almost like they just chew up the clock. So I think that they're definitely a team that could be scary down the road because Cam Newton can be, he can be solid. Like you said, he ran the ball for 75 yards and he can throw the ball for 200, too. So mm-hmm. that makes it – I mean, I don't think Belichick's ever had a weapon like that at quarterback. So 
I think he's excited as he gets with Cam. He's going to start drafting up more and more crafty things. In week 12, we'll see Cam do stuff we haven't ever seen Cam do. So When it comes to the Patriots, I, I – I was, it was funny because I've, we've talked about it off season and I was like so excited to see what it was like. So excited, so excited. And actually it, it came up. It was like, it was like the last, last <laughs> game in my film review before we got on today. I'm like, what am I doing? I, I want to see Cam. What, why did I put him last? But uh, I, I liked what I saw a lot. I, I definitely enjoy the running as a, as a fantasy manager. That's what you want to see is the feet. Two rushing touchdowns is sick. I'm really happy with my pre-draft uh, strategy in this scenario. Didn't go so great with Damian Harris going to IR, but hopefully when he comes back, he gets his shot because I think he's really talented and I think he could win himself a nice role. So I drafted him. I drafted Nikhil Harry. I like the fact that I can play it out. I can wait it out, see which one is really gelling into this offense as a, as a piece and possibly move on from the other at a, at a certain point. Right on, man. Uh, another game we got to talk about, guys, is uh, let's review what happened in that Seattle at Atlanta game. Seahawks and the Falcons, Brad. What a game. What a game. Russell Wilson. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah. yeah, Mr. Russ. He is danger Russ, right? Uh, he is just on point right out of the gate. As soon as the season starts, he's looks like, you know, he's been just waiting Sweet. all off season to come out there. <laughs> he missed the he game. He ain't got a job tomorrow, Holmes. <laughs> he ain't got a job. Oh, dude. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to do it again, man. Goskowski for the audience. Goskowski, uh, Gos, Goskowski, that's Brad's kicker, has just missed. Is that his third field goal tonight? Third field goal. Three of three. He won't have a job in the morning. <laughs> He's missed oh, for all three. three. <laughs> did, you, did you get an alert? I mean, they're 40 yarders, Rich. They're 40 yarders. They're going to let Tannehill kick from here on in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they caught him already. <laughs> Go, go, dude! It's seven, seven, man. Three missed field goals. What are you doing? Yeah, Mike Vrabel is not going to be pleased uh, after. Oh, that. he was pissed. They showed him just now. He was livid. He was losing it on the sideline. That was great. That's classic. All right, guys. So yeah, that Seattle Atlanta game, man. DK Metcalf. He was a big topic in our podcast uh, leading up all the way to the season, to draft day, and everything, and. Brad Smithers over there ended up drafting him and drafting him for a hell of a value, in my opinion. 12 bucks. Beautiful. So uh, DK, man, looked every bit the beast to me. Got open for a big uh, 40-yard bomb down the left sideline, man. So Brad, that stack you have of Russ and DK, tell me, man, how excited are you for the future? Well, I tell you what, man, uh, it almost was like a repeat of last year because Russell was getting bit up and I knew he was going to be good this year. And then I decided, you know what? Tom Brady was pretty cheap, so I almost saved 10 bucks and went with a different quarterback. But, man, am I glad I stuck with my guns and went with Russ. He might be the top quarterback this year. I mean, he, I think he missed four incompletions, like, out of 35 balls. That's crazy. Yeah. And the rushing touchdowns were actually passing touchdowns. Huh. So he literally did everything that day. So, man, they almost understood that. Yeah, Russ Wilson worked out real nice for you. Uh, yeah, man, that's what I had talked about in the offseason was efficiency. I wondered to myself if Russ Wilson, since they would just crank up how much they were going to pass this year, just that right amount, it seems like, how efficient can he freaking be? And, and he showed it, man. Like you said, four incompletions. I think that's that's sick. That's sick numbers, man. 
It's like 89% passing completion. I love it. He ended up finding Greg Olson in the end zone. So Greg Olson made an appearance and he could be a fantasy play. You know, some people out there. And then also, I just wanted to say that, like you mentioned, Brad, the two rushing touchdowns, he actually threw the ball to Chris Carson. And Carson started showing a little bit of that last year. He never had the reputation really as the receiver out of the backfield. But he showed a little bit uh, towards the end of the year last year, I thought. And now he comes out and catches two touchdown passes in week one. So kind of uh, expanding his game a little bit. And the Seattle offense just got nice and cranked up in Atlanta, man. So I did pick Atlanta to win that game uh, for some reason. But the the game (laughs) script did not go their way. And Seattle went out, got out to a big lead. But a lot to be excited about in Seattle, man. Yeah, speaking of that game script, Mark, uh, since we're talking about the game. Uh Uh-huh. Let's talk about the other side of the ball. Yeah. Interesting things in Atlanta, man. I thought there was a lot of interesting things, not just Mr. Todd Gurley. <laughs> well, I feel like we should talk about him first. Okay, if you want to. <laughs> now, how did what did you see in that? Yeah, what I saw from Gurley is I'm glad he got through it healthy is number one. A number one, he didn't visit the tent. Yep. So you are happy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was actually a prediction of yours. If he got through, you'd be happy, so check mark. And actually, Brad, I think you nailed it on your prediction on what Gurley would do is, you know, he kind of, uh, like we said, the game script got away from him. So, you know, he had an 11-point effort in our league. Uh, he got the touchdown, went over the top, and got it across the uh, goal line there. But it was kind of a salvage the day kind of touchdown, like you predicted, Brad. So that's how it went for Gurley, and I'm still excited for the future. Uh, I'm of the opinion I could take my week one L and you know move on and uh, just you know not I'm not ready to blow anything up yet or anything, uh, even though my team didn't perform this week. But talk to me week three or four if this continues. Uh, I will be exploring the trade market quite actively. I have a feeling. What I saw from that game, and I mean I watched pretty much every freaking minute of that game because of Russ Wilson, is they used him a lot. Those first three quarters, man, I don't think I saw Gurley off the field. Like maybe like 10% of the plays. Mm -hmm. So what's going on with that is they said that, you know, they're not going to use him, they're not going to use him, and then they used him like crazy. So I'm going to predict by week three, he's out. So if you do think about training, Mark, I do think you should do it sooner than later. Brad, I do think at the back half of the game they kind of took him out. Dude, he was he was hobbling a little. I watched him. He, he was he just like he had like a little like not like a gimp or anything, but a little like man, I'm sore kind of step. I think what I saw was wearing down a little bit throughout. So like there was pop in the first quarter. Definitely was excited when I saw those first two runs. I was like, ooh, look at that, and then. I think it just kind of dialed back as the game went on, as he wore down a little bit. I don't know. He got right at his number, 15 carries. He did, if I look up the numbers, I think he I think he only played about like 50% of the snaps or something by the end of the day. But was that almost like a necessity? Like they had already used him up. They'd already burned him up. We'll see. We'll see after a couple of weeks how, how it kind of pans out. But, you know, beyond Todd Gurley – Definitely interesting, man. I, I thought they threw the ball quite a bit. So uh, I, I think yeah. that's what we're going to see from Atlanta is throwing the ball quite a bit. They threw maybe mm. 45 times off the top of my head. So, Yeah, I mean, we Russell Gage went over 100 yards receiving. Yeah. Calvin Ridley had a couple touchdowns. You know, Julio Jones got into the end zone. So Matt Ryan was being Matty Ice, doing what he does, spreading the ball around. But 
I just think that they got down so big, they were kind of forced to pass there towards the end of the game. But yeah, a lot of interesting uh, factors, I thought, especially, you know, a guy like Russell Gage, not on anyone's radar, getting over 100 yards. A little surprising. Might be on uh, Turtles' radar at this point, though. Yeah, they each had nine receptions each. That's huge. All right, guys. Uh, the next game we were going to get into was what happened down in the Big Easy, man, in New Orleans. So much hype about these Bucks and Tom Brady coming in. Not what they were looking for, Bruce Arians and company, for sure. I think Sean Payton, you know, as an overview of that game, I would say that was a little bit of a master class by Sean Payton and how he prepared the play calling, things like that, the situations that he forced Brady and the Bucks into. I think the Saints really had their number in that game. And, you know, the it looked okay in the beginning. Brady drove him right down the field and uh, had his patented QB sneak into the end zone, but the wheels fell off after that, Rich. What did you see uh, on the Buck side of things on their offensively? I think it was to be expected. I, th- I think I kind of expected this out of the gate. You know, they're still finding their way within this offense a little bit. So I don't know if everybody expected – like, I expected a little bit more points from them, but, like, you know – it's another one of those situations where the game got just a little bit away from them. So when you have to get off of your game plan just because of that, it kind of, it forces the issue. And like you said, it was a masterclass. I I, I appreciate that comment on that. Uh, Sean Payton brought it. I mean, he brought it and brought it maybe a little too much towards the end. (laughs) He kept going. He put his, put his uh, foot to the gas and kept it going the whole time. So, you know, we've, we've kind of talked about that, but like maybe back off just a little bit at the end of the game, Uh, Michael Thomas ends up hurt on a play and that, that scares me, man. Yeah. And there's only one thing really in fantasy football or life that's worse than an in-game injury is a garbage time injury because then you just look at it like, why was he even out there, man? It's Michael effing Thomas. Get him out the game at that point. Yeah, I had Kamara, and I was already thinking before that set of downs, like, what are they coming out there for? Both of them. I'm just going, why? What what are we doing this for? Why not even just bring out uh, Taysom Hill, too, at that point? Like, just go out and do some offense with Taysom Hill, uh, Latavius Murray, and some secondary receivers. Let's go out and just run some shit. Like, if you really want to do that, like, do it that way. You want to stick it to them, go run some shit with those guys. Yeah, man, I agree. It's kind of like you just look at that situation, and Michael Thomas got his ankle rolled up on. Looks like he has a sprained ankle now. He already was having a really rough fantasy day for owners out there. He was probably – a game loser for some guys because he was drafted so high. So uh, a rough day all around for Michael Thomas and uh, his fantasy managers. So uh, we'll get into that probably a little bit more in the injuries, but offensively on the box before we uh, depart from that topic, Brad, Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, a little bit of a backfield split. Did anything uh, pique your interest in regards to the Tampa Bay running backs? Actually, you know, first off, I thought Leonard Fournette was going to come out, be that hungry beast. And I will have to admit I was wrong there. Uh, it seems like it's going to take him a couple games till they get him up to par. And I, I should have realized this. He came to the team like four days ago. Yeah, There's no sure. way that he's going to have the playbook <laughs> and everything up to par where they're just going to put him in as the solid third down back, you know. So, of course, Ronald and Ronald Jones looked good out there. So, 
once he was in, why pull him out? I think you're right, Brad. It's one of those things that you look back in on hindsight and you're like, oh man, like, <laughs> duh. he's been there four freaking days. Like, he, <laughs> right. he's not rolling out for like 30, 30 uh, snaps or anything right now. He's it's not the guy right now. So, yeah, give him a couple weeks and let's see where it's at. Ronald Jones did look really good. His helmet got ripped off. Oh, yeah. Did you see that shit? That's crazy. Nichols gets his helmet ripped off. And he just kept going. <laughs> He lost the mouth guard, too, on the slow-mo. The mouth guard went flying. He spit that, like, five yards away. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Tampa Bay side, I did want to just uh, toot my own horn, I guess, a little bit. But um, I I suppose there was that little premonition about O.J. Howard that came true. He did catch that touchdown. I I told you guys, when you were asking me about the weapons last week, I was like, "Ah, I just got this feeling, and that was the guy. So he got his touchdown. Yeah, he is, and I like that double uh, tight end sets that they run with Gronk and O.J. Howard because yeah. somebody will probably be open most times. But I was just going to say, Rich, that you know you did have that gut feeling. So yeah. all you listeners out there, man, when Rich comes on here and tells you about a gut feeling, <laughs> you know you might want to listen up. I, I don't think he'll go, you know, uh, fifty for fifty on his gut feeling calls this year. But uh, my guess is he'll, he'll have a pretty good percentage. So you get another one of those gut feelings, man. Make sure you share it. I think we'll talk about another one that I had that was right, but that that might come up later. I had I had quite a few that were that were on. So we all had we all had some good calls. I thought this week. I thought it was I thought it was a nice opener for us. Right on, man. On the Saints side, guys. Um, well. Jeez, there's so much to talk about on the Bucks. Let's back up one second. We got to talk about the receivers because Mike Evans did go out there. He grinded through it. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why he played when his hamstring is tweaked, you know, just five days ago. He definitely didn't look 100%. He did get a late garbage time touchdown on like a fourth and seven. So, you know, whatever. It didn't work out if you did start him, most likely. I mean, I don't think his six points is really putting anybody over the hump. So just a tough situation. Chris Godwin had a rough day. It looked like he may have got a little dinged up to me. And uh, Scotty Miller, though, did make an appearance uh, on the radar. So Another call by Rich. Yeah, that was another guy. Uh, Brad, what do you think about that Tampa Bay receiving core, man? Well, honestly, after seeing that first game, and I don't know if this is indicative of the whole season, but what I saw is Tom Brady felt very comfortable with O.J. Howard and Scotty. Mm-hmm. So Scotty Miller was like, just like Rich predicted, his little Julie Edelman, Wes Welker type guy. So I think he's the one guy that's going to get, you know, five to eight, ten receptions a game. Everyone else, if they're open, they're going to get those big plays. And then O.J. Howard's going to look for the end zone. So unfortunately, Gronkowski, he might be a play down the road, but he's kind of a cinema right now. All right, guys, the other side of the ball, the New Orleans Saints looked good. Drew Brees uh, doing what he does. He looks like he's no ill effects from injuring the thumb last year, no lingering effects, anything like that. He's ready to go. And, you know, all his, his passes were on point. And then Alvin Kamara also with a big day, looking like a very wealthy, very happy running back. I actually noticed some of the announcers on TV they made mention of a lot of the big contracts I'm talking about either from Mahomes being a half a billionaire now to Kamara being a very wealthy individual. Uh, everybody's kind of eyes are popping at some of these contracts, but Hey, Kamara's healthy. He's paid and uh, he looks good, Rich. So how you feel about that one, man? He looked good. I, I'm glad they know how to uh, shift him around and utilize him because when it's bottled up in the run game, they still have many different ways to operate and get the ball in his hands. So I love that Sean Payton is so creative because he, he's always going to make sure he's getting that guy the rock. He knows that 
his playmakers need to have the ball. So he gets him the ball. The thing about that game, I, I tell Brad, I know Tampa Bay's – I have Tampa Bay's defense. So They look good. They look good. I mean, they didn't score any points. But that's against New Orleans uh, to open the season, and they look good. They were flying around that field. And they did that last year. Camara's two worst games last year were against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. So I expected that, and I'm glad to get through week one with two touchdowns. Half a yard away from three. Yeah, and, and, and moving on with the win when he only got like 16 yards on the ground. So, like, I love that. Devin White looked like a beast, man. He was all over the field. Yeah, Brad, and we're going to uh, break down some of these injuries a little bit later, but I did want to say I saw Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, <clears throat> Who's that now? Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> tongue twister. Emmanuel, he actually made a nice move pulling away from a defender and, uh, you know, just kept pushing to get into it for that touchdown. And with Michael Thomas on a little bit of a bum ankle, Brad, I, I'd say a little bit of elevated value there for Mr. Sanders, we'll call him. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I think he's going to be a really nice piece later. I think just like all these other pieces coming in, it's going to take, you know, two, three games for the timing to get down. So I think like, you know, by week three, four, he's going to be a solid, solid play. But I do think Michael Thomas in there helps him out more than, you know, elevates him without him. So. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking is like, you know, out, out the gate, I was like, man, okay, uh, does that increase like production around like, so I roster Camara and, you know, you, you roster Emmanuel Sanders, does that help or hurt? And I, I think ultimately I, when I got involved with New Orleans offense, I thought to myself, all the pieces would be involved. So that's optimal. That's what's best for the offense. You, Brad, for where Emmanuel Sanders is sitting, you want him to be that flex too. You want him to be that secondary wide receiver. I love the number two, man. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you Odell Beckham, man? What's going on here? Dude, no, stop that. Stop <laughs> that. I'm talking Calvin Ridley, but Hey, you don't understand it. We're going to cut that drop real quick today, dude. <laughs> I love number two. We're like, oh, oh dude, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to post that. I'm going to say, are Odell and Brad buddy buddies? <laughs> and with that, You better put a picture that, of Calvin Ridley in there. With the, with the <laughs> drop of you saying, I love a number two. <laughs> I love a number two, man. Who doesn't? <laughs> Brad likes to take his time with it. Take your time with your number two, Brad. Let it all play out. Let it flourish. In all regards to the fantasy football and player, yeah, we we like it when there's a number two wide receiver in a nice high end offense, uh, someone in a nice high end wide receiver opposite. So we we like it in that regard. <laughs> and and I would refer back to I like an offense as a whole unit. There's reasons I get involved with offenses and it's because of the exact players I, I'm hoping for them to run out on the field. I want to be able to prognosticate it based on that. So it's unfortunate, really unfortunate. I, I wish I wish I hadn't seen it was my guy Kamara rolling up on Michael Thomas. I, I didn't want to see it at all. Yeah, that you never like to see that, man. All right, guys, we're gonna move on to uh, the hometown squad, the Cards, who got it done in San Francisco, man. Excited yeah. to see it. I got a um, little bit of an understatement. Is excited, <laughs> man, because Kyler Murray looked absolutely amazing. I mean, he. 
the progression of his career, and we've been talking about it this whole time. If you listeners want to go back to episode one, you'll hear us talking about Kyler Murray. You won't hear very good audio quality in episode one, but you will hear us talk about Kyler Murray and <laughs> how great he is, man. Uh, and just the progression that we were expecting and already the huge connection that he was showing with DeAndre Hopkins. 14, did he have 14 catches, Rich? I believe it was 14, yeah. 14, 14. 16 targets, right? Something like that. Wonderful. Him and Devontae. Yeah, that's a lot of targets for wide receivers, which is just phenomenal. Like, honestly, I, I couldn't have expected that, really. I was thinking about 10 targets. I'd be super happy, and uh, he just missed on a touchdown, too. So, Yeah, they wiped that off of the board yeah. on you, and I was like, oh, a uh, little bit of – everybody goes through that in fantasy, man. You get your touchdown, and the refs take it away, and uh, we're here for you, man. It happens to us, I'll too. take what they got out of him, man. That's that's fantastic. I was glad they featured him like they should. Touchdown, touchdown, uh, Tennessee there. Did you see them not go for it on fourth and one? Jonu. I will be looking for a new kicker. They went for it on fourth and one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're not kicking it. Oh, that's right. They're not kicking it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. No, we're scoring a touchdown. Let's go. <laughs> Our odds are better. If we go for yeah. it, our odds are better on a 22 yard field goal. Yeah. I'd rather go. For yeah. We're not, exactly. not letting you kick dude. <laughs> Chip shot. No. Who went out there for the extra point? Yeah, they kicked it. He missed it. He missed it. He fucking missed it. He did not just miss that extra point, dude. Oh, he missed it bad. Oh my Lord. That's awful. I'm telling you. Look at his family's watching this game, dude. Oh, it's tragic. This is awful. It's tragic. <laughs> oh, this is this rough. And will man. never step on a football field again. You want to know what? They called him a Hall of Famer uh, earlier in the broadcast. Oh. They said they brought in Goskowski, the future Hall of Famer. Bro. Oh. That's what they called him on the pregame. Oh, the new Monday Night Football uh, crew jinxed him. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, man. Ooh. That was harsh. Ooh. Hey, Mark, just to bring us back on topic with this uh, Arizona game and, you know, DeAndre Hopkins getting 14 yeah. receptions and, you know, Adams getting 14. Each of the running back, the top running back in those games had 16 rushes. Oh, interesting. Those wide receivers had almost as many rushes as the running backs, oh, which is, wow. I see the correlation you're giving there. Yeah. Literally uh, as many touches as a running back. You don't You don't anticipate that for sure. I mean, that's no, no wide receivers who are averaging, you know, 10 targets a game. Those are like guys I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta take interest in this. Just, just to put it on the radar, like the Russell Gage guy we were talking earlier, he spikes up because I see he got 12 targets. I see that again next week. Then I'm going, okay, well, what's going on here? This, is this just, is this mm-hmm. just what it is now? You know, after two weeks, now you're really starting to see with, with those type of guys. There might be some other guys where you're like, no, I see it already. I know I know what it is. Russell Gage, though, he's a he's a third wide receiver. So is there enough to sustain with four guys, four really good guys? I don't know if we talked about it earlier, but Hayden Hurst was looking good too. Physically out there, man, yeah. He looks like a wide receiver out there. Yeah. Kind of like that Noah Fant guy. Noah Fant. One more for Brad and I, I guess, on that one for where we were right because we called – the Cardinals coming through clutch, and we believed, and we were right. Yeah, man, that Kool Aid's tasting real good now, Woo. man. That's uh, I might have to get on board next week. Uh, I called that whole gameplay. I said that the San Francisco would jump to an early lead, Arizona would come back, 
they would lose the lead, then come back and take it over and hold them off with their defense. A little low on the points, but that was like, I was pretty impressed with that one. And to watch that defense hold it off, man, that mm. was like something. Everything Arizona is doing this year is like, I mean, if you're an Arizona fan, you know this. It's stuff that we're not used to. We're not used to good, like, off seasons, you know. We're not used to winning, like, close games with division rivals. Yeah, on the road. On the road, man. Yeah. So, it's just – it's fun times right now. And watching Kyler scant for that, like, touchdown, mm. whew, he's like a joystick, man. Just – He left Richard Sherman in the dust on that run, dude. <laughs> but I did want to mention uh, real quick about D-Hop. Uh, well, just about, you know, Cliff Kingsbury. I want to hand it to him, man. He went in there with a great game plan. And he's – Kingsbury's looks like he's going to be able to really utilize these offensive weapons on the Cardinals, really put them in spots where they can find open space and make plays and utilize their athleticism. That whole, you know, near touchdown, I mean, it was called a touchdown that D-Hop had. I mean, they just got him in open space and let him run. And it was a beautiful thing to see, man. So, Rich, uh, that had to bring you a bit of joy. Oh, Yes, I mean, I'm getting a W, they're getting a W. It's it's a beautiful combination. Very happy to see. I mean, I, I liked what the offense was bringing. I, it felt very dynamic to me. So, um, And that's up against the San Francisco defense. So where's the limit then if, if you're going against what I see still as a top five defense? I mean, they, they were flying around that field too. So it wasn't, you know, it's not easy to score 24 like that in that type of scenario against them. So I'm ecstatic. We should mention, we did see uh, George Kittle kind of get, it looked like he got a cleat stuck in the ground and uh, on a tackle by Buda Baker out there in the flat, he went, he had to go up real high to catch it and landed a little awkward, man. And it did not look great at first glance. Uh, Kittle off to the sideline there. I believe he did get back in the game, Rich. You got any updates on Kittle? Uh, it, it seems like uh, they're going to look at him. He might be about week to week probably with, with the side of it of probably missing next week is what it sounds like. Right on. And the other thing I wanted to mention on the San Francisco side of the ball, bro, was Raheem Mostert. You know, he went for a pretty pricey amount in our draft, I thought. Uh, $37, I believe, was his price tag. But he looked every bit uh, worth that price tag on Sunday, man. He broke off that huge uh, catch out of the backfield Beat the Cardinals defense. I actually saw a next gen stat, Rich, that Raheem Mostert uh, during that run got up to the top speed the NFL has seen in the last four or five years, something like that. Uh, so it was a pretty interesting stat that he was really flying, uh, man, once he got out in the open. Yeah. So I don't know if the Cardinals actually got burnt that bad or if he was just hauling ass, man, because he was going. Dude, that's crazy. Like, uh, I, I like when I see that stat. They usually do it like by the week. I didn't know it was the fastest in four years. That's pretty wild. Uh man, yeah, Raheem Mostert, he he looked good. Uh, that was a broken play. Like the the defense just broke down all their assignments. So whatever. But um, yes, yeah, you still have to be able to finish that and call that play. So like it, it is what it is. Yeah, thirty seven bucks. That's interesting. Who went for more, Raheem Mostert or Todd Gurley? <laughs> Oh, yeah, Gurley for 39, man, so same range right there. I was in on Mostert, too, man. I was clicking Mostert, and I had to peel back when he got that high. So would you rather have Mostert right now, or would you rather have Todd Gurley? Uh, Well, as of week one, man, I'd rather have Todd Gurley 
for the moment, but I have them both close on my where I wanted to draft. Yeah. So they were both close for me coming okay. in. Well, actually, Mark, speaking of your team, you have an interesting start next week. You have Patrick Mahomes over Ben Roethlisberger. Hmm. Whoever would have thought that that would be a decision? Yeah, uh, you know, I'll check the matchups. I'll do my research, but I'll make that decision. I got time, man. You should always start Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. Roethlisberger, he might be out there on the trade wire. Throw a little bobber into the lake and see if anything bites, man. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. I never thought of it that way. Going fishing. (laughs) Going fishing, man. (laughs) I think Toby could get on board with that. Toby might be a guy who could use a quarterback. (laughs) And he likes fishing, so it's all good. No, he's got Deshaun Watson. Who was I thinking of? There's somebody else who has Jerry Goff only. Yeah, Chris, I think. Picklebacks. Might be in the market. We'll see. So, all right, real quick, guys. Yeah, just wrapping up the Cardinals. Great performance by them. Love seeing the grit, the ability to come back in the game, and just excited for how this season's going to play out. Hope everybody stays healthy and they can just keep uh, working at it. So exciting to see out here in the desert for sure, man. Before we hit the intermission here, guys, we'll just real quick check in on these uh, burnout to the kind buds that we laid out for everybody last week. Uh, just real quick, we did nail a few of them. Um, on my burnouts, man, I did have Le'Veon Bell. Uh, he had a hamstring. He was not looking good before he got injured. So moving on, uh, nothing to see there. I don't know. He definitely burned out, though. And uh, who was the other guy I had on burnouts? Uh, I had somebody else. I'll let you guys go if, if while I remember. You had Austin Hooper. That was a good one. You were right on on that one. You knew exactly where that was going up against Baltimore. That was nasty. Baltimore just slaughtered him, so that was good. Brad, you had um, Todd Gurley. <laughs> Not to pick on the guy, but you had Todd Gurley. Kinda, <laughs> you kind of nailed exactly what he would be. Let's put it that way. You said exactly what his game would be. Crushed it. That was like pretty much spot on point. You said Daniel Jones. Uh, that was kind of middling. He, he got his 17 points. And Ronald Jones, uh, he was kind of like spot on. But then you did get um, Christian McCaffrey. Oh, that was on the other side. I'm sorry. Well, I, I went to the other side of something he got right. I was trying to make him feel better. <laughs> yeah, one other guy on the burnouts that I had was Jordan Howard. And, I mean, I guess that was a pretty easy one. But, uh, yeah, he basically did nothing as far as I could tell in Miami. Yeah, I said Daniel Jones would throw more interceptions than touchdowns, and he was two two interceptions for two. So I was close on that. Uh, he was he was really close to being on your side of it, though, a lot tonight. So there was a few throws where he could it could have gone bad for him. So I think I think you were kind of right on that call, uh, and then I had um, my my bus were Nick Chubb, which I was on. Wah, wah. Yeah, uh, and then I had Saquon Barkley. So we can't really call him a Chubb anymore, can we? I think he. I mean, you know, don't get me. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what you mean, man, but. Uh, it wasn't production, let's put it that way. Well, I do know what you mean, but I'm just not going there. But anyway. It wasn't production. <laughs> let's leave it at that. Yeah. All right. So Nick Chubb was a burnout. He was a burnout. A little bit smaller than we're used to seeing. That's all. He's a little deflated. You guys remember who else I had? Who else did you have? I had George Kittle. Oh, yes. Ding, ding. I like that one. There we go. Sweet. Uh, and then I also had Saquon Barkley. Double ding, ring it up. I nailed those ones. I, I have to I have to say I did nail those ones. 
Nice, man. So on the kind buds, guys, how about the guys we uh, thought would have some good days? And uh, quick, I had Josh Jacobs on mine. He definitely did pretty much what I expected him to do. He looked like a beast. Rich, who'd you have on the kind buds? Well, yeah, I wanted to give you props on that Josh Jacobs. He was the top scorer in our league this week. I mean, you were you're almost there. He was on your list. He was, he was there, so he was right there. You almost called him out as your as your Acapulco Gold guy, but yeah, I didn't put enough shine on him. That was close, though, man. You came close. Um, I actually had remember I kind of did this a little ass backwards last week. I did it as like undervalued guys, but I had Derek Carr and Brian Edwards, so I thought it was an interesting point. How I said, you know, Josh Jacobs, your guy, he just he gobbled it all up. But yeah, yep. um, the one guy I did have as my Acapulco gold was my last guy on there was Josh Allen, who did have a fantastic day. Yes, he did. Yeah, Josh Allen looked good out there, Brad. Uh, he's on your roster. Your thoughts about Josh Allen and Rich Nalen, the Acapulco gold prediction. Well, we didn't hit the top score with Josh Allen, but. He didn't hit. Yeah, he was there. He's close. Though. Well, actually, it was a little minute in the maybe third quarter. Josh Allen was up to like 24 points and Russ was still sitting at 15. And I was like, fuck, dude, (laughs) did I really make the wrong decision? And then, you know, Russ, Mr. Russell Wilson came, came out. (laughs) Josh Allen had two fumbles in that game, two fluky fumbles, man. I could not believe it. So yeah, if he hadn't had those two fumbles, he would have been the guy that's four points. So he actually would have been the guy without those two fumbles. I also called his 300 yard game. That was his first 300 yard game. That's what I had said. Anyway, yeah, Josh Allen, my bold prediction, he came through. And then we had, who was our main guys? Then we, oh, Brad had Henry. How's that going? You can check in on that live. He's at 89 yards right now. So he's definitely not getting to 200 yards and two touchdowns. So how many minutes are left? 826. Okay. If he gets 150 and a touchdown, I'll be, I'll consider that a win, but I don't see that happening. Cam Newton, you had Cam Newton on your list too. Oh yeah, I had Cam. Uh, nice day from Cam. Uh, I was expecting him to come out fired up for the Patriots, so that's what he did. And uh, I like the chemistry I saw with him and Josh McDaniels. They're fist bumping each other on the bench. You know, it looked like they were definitely on the same page. So they were totally yucking it up and laughing about like, oh, look at this play. Like they just like their plays. Like it's great. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you guys noticed, but before the game, Cam was, you know, kind of intermingling with some of the Dolphins players, and he had a chain on his neck that his grandma gave him. Huh. And one of the Dolphins guys went up and ripped it off him. So I wonder if that kind of inspired him. Yeah, he was pissed. There was almost a confrontation before the game started. Dude, you don't rip a man's chain off his neck. That is go time, dude. Yeah. No. His grandmother's chain. Yep. <laughs> From his grandmother? Grandmother's chain of all chains. Damn. I I actually didn't even see that uh, on the replays, man, so that's interesting. Well, Cam was definitely fired up, man, and looking to punish the uh, Miami Dolphins. Yeah, so my Acapulco gold, guys, uh, was Michael Thomas. Did not work out at all for him. He had probably one of his worst games in recent memory, and then on top of it comes up with the uh, ankle injury at the end. So nothing good there, so that – prediction can go right in the trash can but hey i nailed the other two so whatever you had a lot of good calls that one that one kind of tanked out but there are a lot of other good calls surrounding it all right guys well i believe we have arrived at the halfway point and brad look around man we're on live tv so <laughs> what's up world Ka-ka, Coming at you live, the OFP. No, I think we are going to get some video clips out there uh, at some point, Rich. I think that's on the agenda. 
let the fans see uh, what we look like, what we're working with, and of course our uh, immaculately decorated home studios that we all have, man. So hell yeah, of course. <laughs> There's a lot of decisions that went into this backdrop. So <laughs> a lot of really hard decisions. <laughs> Brad, you were looking a little more spruced up earlier. What happened, man? Yeah, it's like presto changeo, Brad. You were. Uh, I could be wrong, but you were suited up when we first got on earlier today, man. Dude, I suit up for every Monday night. <laughs> That's just how I watch games. That's how he opens up the season. He's like, you know, the MC of you know, NFL football season. He gets it ready. He gets prepared. Yeah. That's an interesting thought, Brad, because you're on your way to a victory right now. Uh, so I'm expecting every Monday night, man, until you lose – to go formal with it, man, to wear the formal attire. I mean, yeah, the bow tie. I'm the maitre d' of my own life, bro. <laughs> like, let me tell you, man, you, you act like you're a winner, you'll be a winner. So dress up, act the part, do some work. Yeah, that just made me think of when you said maitre d' of Fight Club. If you remember that scene where I believe uh, Brad Pitts claims that he was the narco-terrorist of made her d's because he was like pissing in everyone's soup or something so uh, that scene was something like that but uh, the the word made her d came to my mind <laughs> you guys don't remember that no i got that one yeah. uh i think he might have gotten further than that the the gorilla terrorist of uh the food industry or something is what he said and he said uh something about like not having the chowder or some shit like that yeah oh uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it gets it gets really bad yeah <laughs> Yikes. That's <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> the first rule of the organic football podcast is you do not talk about Flight Club. <laughs> it can go south real quick. I got the explicit rating on there every time, buddy. I click it. That makes- yeah. yeah, we need that, bro. Don't ever forget or we're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> the FCC is going to be beating down our door. Explicit, yo. <laughs> every time. The FCC won't let me be. <laughs> yeah, there were a couple of things that I took away from this Sunday that I was kind of surprised by. Denver losing Von Miller. Defense still playing very strong. I thought they were going to come out and just, you know, not even come close. But they're playing tough, man. Rams defense. Rams as a team. I thought they are going to be garbage. They're, they don't look great. They look good. So Aaron Donald, just he's a bowling ball, man. Taking down pins. That was pretty wild, man. That was some fun shit to watch. You know, and just just visually watching the game, I could be wrong, but Malcolm Brown was looking strong for the Rams, and he looked like he slimmed up a little bit to me. He looked a little bit quicker out there. I don't know if you guys picked up on that, but Malcolm Brown was uh, looking pretty decent out there. He looked like he was running with these. As a Cam Akers enthusiast, it was kind of tough to see because they're saying they're going to go with a hot hand usually. So, I mean – when you go out in game one, you're the hot hand and you prove that you can pretty much be the guy, you know, it only takes really one or two more games. If you can really put that on tape that they're just like, Hey, now you do what Todd Gurley used to do for us. You know what I mean? Uh So, you know, it's something to watch, something to monitor. All right, guys. And man, we must be some stony, fucks if we literally uh forgot to do our herbal intermission we got so much fantasy we're getting into so uh we'll go ahead and give you guys the uh condensed version real quick yeah man uh i had that soda i'm feeling pretty good nice and stony man i'm I'm a 
I'm 100 milligrams in, so I should be feeling pretty fucking good, right? So I'm good. It was tasty. It, it it's doing its job. I'm feeling good. Let's let's talk some waivers, man. Let's get to get through the the nitty gritty. This is kind of where you get to the good stuff and pick people up and and start to really gel your team. These are the good weeks to get there. Let's get going. Good intermission. <laughs> <laughs> that intermission was amazing. And this show is an intermission to me, so I've been smoking the whole time. <laughs> the whole show is the intermission. My life is an intermission. <laughs> Brad has been, uh, you know, doing his normal dab routine, and I have the edibles going as well. So we're feeling good, guys. It's Monday Night Football, and we're going to hit it right now. We're going to get on to our waiver wire talk, and always a lot to discuss on the waiver wire course we'll be dropping this episode guys on tuesday and so you guys got all the info you need when you're setting your waiver orders making your decisions uh when it comes to the free agents that are out there so guys i mean we'll just get into it some guys that i want to mention uh i'll just start right here on monday night football uh deontay johnson and james washington i believe deontay johnson is on a roster in our league but there could be some leagues out there where he's still on the wire uh, I liked what I saw from both Pittsburgh receivers, uh, Washington especially, in his third year. Uh, I mean, it's just one game, but uh, he might have be taking a little step this year. So a guy I wasn't really uh, on my radar uh, pre-draft or anything, but I thought he looked good tonight. Rich, any thoughts on those two Pittsburgh guys? Do you agree? Uh, they're close. Uh, I did want to get in real quick and say uh, when we talk about waivers, especially in these weeks, uh, you have to like kind of weigh it out between hopefully you've come out of your draft that you're not needing guys that are spot starts. Whereas in the beginning couple weeks here, we're trying to find those like real great guys that went under the radar kind of, and all of a sudden are having their job solidify in front of your eyes. Those are the guys you got to go get. So like I would say, if I was looking at that situation, uh, I totally lost track of my fucking thought. What was I saying? I think you were just talking about you took 100 milligrams. <laughs> yeah, 100 milligrams in. That that might do it. Uh, Welcome to my level. Yeah. Uh, no, but where I was going with that is like, okay, I might say uh, what I was more interested in tonight. Like, no doubt the receivers were looking good. I like Deontay Johnson. I liked him a lot. He's, he's owned in our league or rostered in our league. So, but... Uh, I would be interested in like a, a Snell. He looked really good out there. Unfortunately for you, Brad, like Connor goes down and Snell just sucks up all that juicy value that you were supposed to be getting tonight. But he looked really good, yeah. extremely good. So like he got the role. I mean, other than the fumble, he had a fumble there uh, at one point. He looked really supremely good. So that would be the guy I'd really target in on if I was going to get somebody off this Pittsburgh roster. Because you don't know with this James Conner situation, I think it's it's looking like it's a week-to-week type thing out the gate, but we'll see where it goes. You, Brad's a adamant guy about how uh, these type of injuries, all these ankle injuries, they're tough, man. They're tough to manage. Yeah, it's almost like you wish they just get some rest and come back when they're healthy, but yeah, they always seem to rush them out early. All right, guys. Well, let's do a little bit of a format here so we can keep this uh, on track. Let's start with your QBs, yeah. Rich. QB waiver, guys. I mean, who are, who are we looking at? Who might be some hot pickups? And, you know, if your QB struggled this week, you, the Jared Goff owners out there and, you know, some of these other guys, you may want to – uh, look to the waiver wire for uh, relief. You guys might want to laugh at some of these names, but I'm ready to I'm ready to talk about them if you guys want. 
Crank them out, man. Let's go. Interesting names that we're looking at, but I like them. Uh, I like Mitchell Trubisky. I'll go right out the gate. <laughs> <laughs> I like that guy, man. He's a hell of a player, you know? I, I kind of like what I see there. When that line was holding up, giving him some time to really set his feet and get into a motion, uh, he had some really good throws, actually. There were, there were a few good ones in there, so I, I'm still a believer there. I can uh, toss something else at you, Rich. I was talking about those next-gen yeah. stats. They had Trubisky's three tight window throws with one yard or less yeah. of separation, and he had them yeah. all for his touchdowns. So all three touchdowns, he really threaded the needle is basically what yeah. the stat was saying. So it's an interesting thought, man. If he if he gets that accuracy back, uh, look out, man. Da Bears. I'm sure you watch the game, Mark, really thoroughly. It's kind of what I was talking about. If he has enough of that like accuracy and enough of his more like his headspace right and seeing the field right, I saw. I thought he saw the field better. I thought he saw it a lot better. He might have missed on a couple throws here and there, but I thought he saw it all better. Yeah, well, I do want to say, though, about his performance, the first two quarters were not good at all. And then the third quarter, he started picking up a little bit. And then the fourth quarter, he was really locked in. So the way it started, I was not – on board at all with what was going on with the offense it would looked out of sync but i mean they got into their flow which is the important thing they came back won a game on a gift uh drop in the end zone by the lions rookie deandre swift yeah. i'm sure everybody saw that so uh don't get me wrong the bears were lucky to win they that won. game but <laughs> it's the nfl man you take your w's yeah all right brad who you got for me on the waiver wire who are you looking at uh, any qbs you want to throw out there i mean i like teddy bridgewater i think he's still out there in a lot of leagues I, I like the way Carolina played. Christian McCaffrey, he's going to command a lot of attention, so it's going to open up the quarterback play. And I think he's a solid guy. So you're not going to get great big numbers, but the floor is pretty high too, though, on that guy. So I got one more, Rich, uh, for the QBs. Gardner Minshew, believe it or not. Yeah, you know, I believe we may have, you know, switched to a true crime podcast for a minute there a few episodes back. <laughs> You know, we were describing Gardner Minshew as looking like a serial killer. <laughs> Not sure where we were going with that, but uh, Gardner, we're sorry. We didn't mean it, buddy. But it's interesting, man. I saw a stat that he has actually owned the Colts the last, you know, that he played them twice last year and then out the gate this year. He had another really good game. He has uh, like six touchdowns and one interception against Indy. So uh, I don't know if I trust Minshew, you know, for a whole season or anything, but it's a guy you want to look at because if he can – put up games like that he's going to have value i think that's totally true they're they're kind of like this like little gnawing at you type team that can just like no matter if you're up three touchdowns that's fine they're still going to put up some fantasy points for us so i i think garner Minshew's kind of built for that and uh, you know that's why i kind of like dj chark i like garner Minshew. so interestingly enough i mean there's some other names i got here for you real quick i've got cousins kirk cousins i thought you guys might get a kick out of that one uh-huh. something to just <laughs> uh, what you said, though, Mark, about how you should just kind of look into these situations. I'm not necessarily saying this is, uh-huh. these are the guys to go out and get right now. These are more sit back and, and monitor the situation. Say to yourself, could this guy be on my roster in a week or two? Rich, I mean, the same concept is when you picked up Ryan Tannehill last year. Yeah. You know, I think you kind of saw him come in, you know, after he won the starting job, saw what he did for a week or two and said, all right, I like what I'm seeing. And it went worked out well for the rest of the season for yeah. you. And then we're at the two-minute warning with uh, Tennessee driving here. So pretty interesting. We'll see what happens here. Uh, What's going to happen if they need to kick a field goal to win? Oh, my God. 
Unbelievable. What's going to happen? They're not even going to. They're going to drive this for a touchdown. They're like, we have to go score. They're already in four-down territory, dude. They're going to go score a touchdown. (laughs) We don't they got Derrick Henry. Just run it, dude. Dude, I, I think it's gonna be hilarious if it's gonna be a thirty-five yarder, and it's like one second on the board, and they yeah. have to kick it. Yeah. They, do they really bring him out? He's gonna, he's gonna miss it, dude. He's gonna miss it. One more name to monitor too for you guys. This is gonna like a deep guy to think about, but just the really undercard. Like think about this type of stuff. Tua in Miami, huh. Fitzpatrick looked like garbage. So. Yeah. As long as that's happening, you know, it's it's a ticking time bomb for Tua to get his starts. And I think when he gets there, I think he could be pretty valuable, actually. So uh, just something to look out for, something to monitor. Right on, man. We did kind of jump in there and talk about some Pittsburgh receivers first, but then we hit the quarterbacks. Uh, some running back waiver additions. A guy I would throw out there, I already talked about Malcolm Brown, and we could expound on him some more. I mean, he still is going to be in a backfield uh, split situation and Cam Akers is going to get some looks. Daryl Henderson will get some looks, but a guy you might want to definitely roster. And then my other guy is Jarek McKinnon from the 49ers. Good to see him back out there, man. He missed, I don't know, the better part of like two years with injuries, close to three years. I think it was a little crazy with Jarek McKinnon. So he got back out there and got in the end zone. So that was good to see, even though it came against the cards. Yeah. I, I think running backs always pretty much producing that offense. So yeah, good to see him back healthy. But yeah, if he if he's going to be on the field for some of this, uh, I I don't know if you'll see that. I think Tevin Coleman was dealing with his thing. Like he's uh he's got sickle cell, so with the air quality, he was kind of sitting a little bit in that game. So you might see even more of a split on all three of them. Even Raheem Moster, you got you got to wonder they they come back from the commercial right to Goskowski. <laughs> I love it. Holy shit. Oh. He's stressing. But you want to know what? If he makes the game winner, no one cares. Think about it that way. He's done. Yeah, I got one more name for you guys. I got Josh Kelly with the Chargers. He looked really good. They gave him about 12 carries. And I know that with like Austin Eckler, they they don't want to they gave him 19 carries, but I think they prefer to give him more like, you know, 13, 14 and, and pass him a ball seven to ten times. Whereas they they do want to rush the ball that much though. So Josh Kelly, he looked really good. So he's a, he's a guy to monitor as a running back, at least. Brad, I'm not sure if you picked up on this. The Washington football team, they had a pretty nice win in week one. And Peyton Barber, uh, he looked all right out there for the Redskins. Any thoughts about Peyton Barber? It depends on how deep you are. I'm never really feeling that confident starting him. So, I mean, he's kind of one of those guys you just kind of pick up and he sits on your bench for a while and then you need to make a move and he gets dropped again. So... But I will say that Washington team did look really good. It's tough in Washington because even they have Bryce Love, who they drafted. He's injured right now. So you've got, you know, it's it's a crowded backfield. Antonio Gibson looked really good, though, I got to admit. Yeah, I mean, the way they're using Gibson, I, I'm pretty intrigued by him, to be honest with you, at the end of the day. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Terry McLaurin. I've got him on my roster. So, like, Terry McLaurin, you know, I can't I can't put him on my roster or any get involved with the backfield. But eventually, I think one of these running backs is going to win out. And honestly, I think it's I think it's going to eventually be Antonio Gibson as, as much of an uphill battle as that seems. And then uh, with these uh, receivers, few injuries, I think, that are going to be moving up the depth charts for uh, some receivers. Like we already mentioned a little earlier, Michael Thomas rolls up the ankle. Uh, that makes uh, Manuel Sanders kind of pop. I guess there could be some leagues where Manuel Sanders is on the wire, I guess. 
But, uh, you know, even if he's not, he's a guy that, you know, you're going to want to consider starting. Uh, any other receivers you want to throw my way? Uh, a rookie that piqued my interest was C.D. Lamb in Dallas. Uh, he looked like he was out there quite a bit, a high snap count for him. Yeah, definitely. Jerry Judy, too. I think those are two rookie wide receivers that everyone kind of thought they do well. And seeing them in their first game, that they're kind of doing what everyone expected. So I think you're on that with uh, C.D. Lamb, you know, Blake Jarwin, the tight end goes down. So I think that's going to just like filter to the wide receivers. So I think C.D. Lamb's a really good pickup. Uh, I like Ju- Jerry Judy. He's going to be in a good situation here. This is a tough, hard-fought game here, but they're not all going to be like this. These are really tough defenses that we're watching. Jalen Rager, too, another rookie wide receiver in Philly. He looked really good. MBS. Yeah, the two guys in Green Bay, I kind of wanted to discuss them real quick. I mean, Brad's a Devontae Adams owner, but the other two guys, man, they looked really good, too. So I think that's a situation to monitor. I think it is hard to say which one to get between the two i would say mbs okay yeah i mean he did i he did just miss on a, a touchdown and he did have that big drop so like if you add those into his score he just had a massive day too yeah they were going to him a lot so they were going to lazard too i think they both had about i think it was mbs with about nine targets and uh lazard had like seven i think or something like that but they they were all being targeted let's put it that way yeah, Aaron Rodgers, you know, somebody lit a fire under his ass, I think. It was me. Somebody dropped a love, man, and he said, what is yeah. this? <laughs> yeah, in the first round. I, I think that's the part that pisses him off the most. So, like, you want to get a quarterback in the fourth round, go for it. But the first round, he's thinking, come on, give me a weapon, give me a receiver, yeah. Well, actually, I don't think he was too mad about that. I think he listened to our podcast and he heard us call him trash, and then he was like, oh, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's <So>. hilarious. <laughs> well, Jay came on here and came to his defense. So yeah. we'll give Jay credit on that one. He did call Rogers as a beast this year. A few episodes back when we had the champ on. Jay can have a ding for week one. We'll see if Rogers comes back to earth somewhat. I don't think he's going to be the number one quarterback, but Jay could have a ding. There you go, Jay. You got a dinger, buddy. <laughs> All right. Who do we got on the tight ends? Uh, one guy, uh, pretty obvious, Brad, in uh, Philadelphia. Did you think there might be a waiver wire tight end of interest? Is Zach Ertz on the free wire? Basically. Oh, <laughs> oh, you mean the younger, younger version. The better version? Mr. Go Dare. Yeah. Go out and get him. Go Dare. We did that fairly organically. We walked right from one of Jay was rights to one of Jay was wrongs right there. You you know Jay was so happy with that first touchdown. He's like, I told you. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then it was the Dallas Go Dare show. Philly got out to a seventeen to nothing lead. You're thinking, okay, they're playing the Washington football team. This is how this game's gonna go. You know, and before you know it, man, Dwayne Haskins started making some plays and leading them on a comeback. And uh that Washington defense, I believe we're gonna get there in a second, but I mean, as long as we're talking about it, I don't know. Let's get there. Let's do it. I got something for you. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is one of uh, Rich's official waiver gems, guys. One of those crystals you want to dig up. Hey, Rich, go ahead, man. Who you got for me? So I think I like that analogy there, Mark. That we're talking. I'm I'm digging deep. I wanna I wanna find the guys that not everybody's gonna be saying for you, and and they're gonna have the value. So I think we can start right in on it with the Washington defense. I think that was. The surprise, you know, I think that's – I've actually been touting them. I've bought in on Washington to come into this season, but um, I think that's someone you got to go look out and pick up right out the gate. 
definitely high-end defense. Yeah, man. Uh, I believe they had eight sacks. Yeah. And if you're a Carson Wentz fantasy manager or a Philadelphia Eagles fan, you do not want to see him get sacked eight times. That is not his game. So definitely Washington came out of the booth when it came to the sacks, man. They got after him, especially in the second half. We did give some forewarning on this because we did talk about how that offensive line was decimated. They had three injuries. I think they picked up a fourth in that game. So to me, AJ Brown, man, you got to catch that ball, man. There, dude. Oh. But yeah, so you got four injuries to your offensive line. Those eight sacks do not surprise me. If you get Washington defense, do not think they're going to get eight sacks every game. I mean, that is a ton. But yeah, Goskowski's coming out. Goskowski's coming out. I called this shit. Here we go. He's going to kick. He's got like a chip shot again, right? Fourth and one. Yep, chip shot. Oh, why didn't AJ Brown just catch that ball? Jesus. <laughs> Oh, down the middle. He made it. No death threats tonight. He won't. No death threats tonight. And it is now officially the Stephen Goskowski redemption tour. He's back, baby. We won, baby. <laughs> he looked like he was about to pass out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's crazy. That's awesome. He won it after four misses. <sighs> wow. He's a hero. They're going to throw him on their shoulders like Rudy and carry him off the field. I think my blood pressure was high for that guy just now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I would have felt so bad if he freaking missed that kick. And they're professionals. I don't feel too bad for him. It's the college kids I feel bad for. Yeah. There's 17 seconds left, though, so don't forget. It ain't over just yet. Let's see what Denver has for him. All right, uh, Rich. So we're digging up the gems, man. We're... Just, we're going deep, buddy. Uh, I think you got a running back for me that uh, had a little bit of surprise value in week one. Are you seeing that continuing? Maybe it's not such a deep dig, but uh, it's definitely one you got to go ahead and get a hold of. This is Naheem Hines, the running back in Indy. Uh, love the kid. Uh, he's he's definitely been their like pass catching third down type back. I definitely see him in that role. He peaks up to where he's just on our radar in a standard format. I mean, this guy in PPR all day uh, in our league, he's kind of creeping up, and I think they'll want to utilize him because they do have to turn to a rookie now as their starting running back, Jonathan Taylor, who I really like. Uh, but Brad already well, owns. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Brad owns him, but I think I can still get a piece with Naheem Hines at a cheap waiver wire value and really find some good production there. I think he, he proved that he's a trusted running back in the system. Let's put it that way. He looks quick, too, like a true change of pace guy. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, he's playing with the new QB and Phillip Rivers, but you could tell that Frank Reich, you know, trusts Naheem hum- <clears throat> Naheem Hines in a lot of situations. Uh, all right, Rich, I think you got one more gem for us. So it's a shiny diamond, but are you having a little trouble on finalizing your decision? Well, I am. I'm very, very torn. Um, <laughs> which Miller brother do I want? Uh, Anthony Miller or Scotty Miller, man? These guys are both great. I, I think they're both worthy. Um, but I can't decide. So what do you guys think? Let's let's chime in. Let's figure it out. Let's scratch it out. Which which one's the shiniest gem? What's that thing called, Brad? What's that little thing called that you look at them with? Monocle? The loop? Oh, the loop. The jeweler's loop. Ah, the jeweler's loop. Let's take a look under the jeweler's loop. Let's see which one's better. Which one's shinier? Brad probably has a monocle and a jeweler's loop in his closet right now. He's just that kind of guy. Right. Pull him out. 
<laughs> What's wrong with having the jeweler's loop? You gotta look at your shit, you know? Make sure you're not getting r- ripped off or anything, you know? Uh, you gotta look at every facet of your diamond. I like that, man. Coins, not diamonds. Coins. Well, that's a whole nother story. But I would have to say Scotty. You got Scotty? You like Tampa Bay with Tom Brady? Uh, all right, Rich, because I'm going Anthony Miller of Tom my Bears. Bears so oh, it, it's on you, man. Break the tie. Oh, man. So we're still split. I mean, I thought, <laughs> I thought we might get some consensus. No, I'm, I lean a little bit towards Scotty, uh, just with a little more trust in Bruce Arians and a little more trust in Tom Brady. I think that trust scale swings it just a little bit towards Scotty. But, you know, it's close. I'll tell you, I like what Anthony Miller brings to the table. He's a big receiver. He runs great routes. Seems to be a pretty favorite target of of Mitchell Trubisky to me. He he likes to get him the ball, and he likes to get him the ball in the red zone. That's one thing I know about that guy, too. So uh, there might be another guy he likes in the red zone a little bit, too. (laughs) I don't know if you saw that. A little tight end action. Yeah, Jimmy Graham, of all people. Well, I believe he was targeted two or three times in the end zone. I know he managed to catch one. He also alligator armed a couple passes and had some poorly timed jumps yeah. on a couple throws. So uh, I'm not going to go out and des- necessarily recommend starting Jimmy Graham. But no. uh, if you're desperate at tight end, you can look at him for sure. I will say this to kind of have our viewers take my Scotty case. is you look at the Tampa Bay offense, you have... Mike Evans, if healthy, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard. Who's going to guard Scotty? Scotty Miller. He's going to go undetected. He's going to find that open pocket, and Tom Brady's going to look for him nonstop. So I see him getting like six to eight receptions a game and just being a a solid, solid flex two play all year round. I think you could pick him up and and call him your flex two in our league. Um, That's about the right value right now, and I wouldn't be disappointed. Like, I mean – Let's put it this way. I, I'd still be starting Terry McLaurin over the guy, but there's a lot of rosters in our league who could be starting Scotty Miller. Yeah, and with Anthony Miller, I did like what I saw, Rich, and he was one of your uh, breakout performers when we did the NFC North division. So he is looking a, a little more comfortable in the offense this year. I think he had a couple nagging injuries earlier in his career. So, yeah, if he can stay healthy and uh, produce like that, man, I I thought that was a nice touchdown catch that he had. So if Anthony Miller is out there, you're looking for a receiver, uh, it's a guy I would consider. Let's call it like it is. They're both nice, shiny gems. (laughs) They're both – I don't know what the grading scale of uh, diamonds are exactly. Emeralds and rubies. They're nice. nice. (laughs) You don't see no inclusions in there. (laughs) <laughs> the inclusion is Mitchell Trubisky on Anthony Miller. <laughs> that might be the flaw. It might be the flaw in the gem. You're like, what's that, man? What am I looking uh, at right there? It's a little there? bit of a little blemish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can still wear that. I don't know. Okay. Right. <laughs> Nobody will notice. Yeah, okay. It's chill. Yeah. Don't worry about Mitchell. He's he's just throwing the ball and running around. Don't, don't worry about him. <laughs> but I'll tell you guys, man, don't go ripping my diamond chain off my neck now, though. I don't play, bro. I can't believe somebody played that shit with Cam, dude. He's lucky he didn't get fucking rocked. Ridiculous. Yeah, that's crazy, man. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, any uh, defenses? Uh, we talked about Washington as that nice gem on the waiver wire, Rich. We talked about the Rams, too, Brad. I think you were pretty high on them. The Rams looked excellent uh, defensively last night. And I'm going to throw out Tennessee. Tennessee looked really good. 
Yeah, that game just wrapped up 16-14. Tennessee wraps it up on a Goskowski field goal. All, all wrapped <laughs> up, man. Unreal. Uh, but, yeah, hard-fought game and definitely – Definitely two very, very good defenses there. I mean, Denver shelled out pretty well, too. Did pretty well on Derrick Henry. So that was pretty good on them. Picklebacks won by .6. No way. Yeah. Damn, Chris. Shout out, bro. Monday Night Miracle. .6. Yeah, Juju was going up against Derrick Henry and Deontay Johnson and pulls it off. Juju had two touchdowns, though, right? Two touchdowns, yep. 69 yards, two touchdowns. I didn't even think it was possible, dude. I didn't think it was that close. Yeah. I actually talked to Chris earlier today, guys, and I, you know, I mentioned to him like, "Hey, at least you got a sliver of a chance going into Monday night." He's like, "Yeah, it's a sliver, you know," because I was telling him how my team was just out of it. Like we said, Brad over there punched me directly in the face this week, but I think it's official, Brad. Did I take the L, man? Are you one and zero, and I am in my normal position of 0 and 1 to start the season. You know Mark, the first step is acceptance and I'm glad you're there. <laughs> so the bet and the next thing is you can move on from this and you know be a positive that's light. The plan. So yeah. But no, you, you you did well, so that's good. No offense, at least made my score halfway respectable at the end of the day, so why not? Very valuable piece you listened to. I like that. Well, yeah, all right, we hit the defense. I did have one more tight end, O.J. Howard. If, if he's available, I would go scoop him up. I think that's a good little piece in that Tampa Bay offense. All right, Rich, and real quick, injury news before uh, we wrap this up, and we are going to do a little uh, TNF preview for that Bengals-Browns game right. because uh, we'll be recording during that. But on the injury front, I mean, we mentioned George Kittle. We mentioned Michael Thomas. I don't think there's anything official yet. Uh, you got any more injuries? Oh, we also mentioned Blake Jarwin, and he is officially out for the year. So that is another interesting one. Uh, who else you got for me, Rich? Uh, Connor popped tonight. I'm sure most were watching, but Connor uh, popped with an ankle injury. We went over that. Uh, Le'Veon Bell we touched on. David Njoku out for the season. So kind of actually kind of nice for your team there, Mark. You got Hooper, so – should funnel all the value down to him. I don't really have anybody else. I don't. I don't think on the list. But I did. I did see a note that Devonte Freeman's about to get signed somewhere. He says about four teams interested in him. So Devonte Freeman. Uh, just a little note there before we move on. Still not relevant. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I just wanted Mark to know. I just wanted Mark to know because you know we've got some waiver moves this year. He could use one. Yeah. Yeah. I could. I mean, I. Brad, I might learn from your mistake. I'm going to wait till he's actually <laughs> on an NFL team before I put him on my fantasy team. It's, that's always key. But I mean, if he tweets an emoji out, you have every right to go pick him up. <laughs> but I mean, there's been crickets. So yeah, that it's totally, totally different, Mark. He tweeted that it's down to four teams. I think it's time, Brad. Okay. All right, Brad. <laughs> When Devontae Freeman tweets an emoji, I want you to look into the eyes of the emoji and tell me what they say, whether or not I should pick them up, bro. I will. <laughs> All right, bro. You crack me up. Uh, let me see here. So, yeah, the injury front. Uh, another big one. Did we talk about Marlon Mack? I know we mentioned Jonathan Taylor there. Looking... We can talk all day about this one. Yeah, Marlon Mack is down. Actually, Brad, I was thinking before – Monday here before these games, you were coming up aces just across the board. I mean, you never like to see injuries, but both the Michael Thomas and the Marlon Mack injuries kind of bumped up some of your bench players in some a majorly valuable way. So I thought that was interesting, man. So yeah, real quick about uh 
Marlon Mack and how you're seeing, you know, the fact that he's injured. Jonathan Taylor could be stepping into that role, man. Well, he's not like kind of stepping in that role. He will be stepping in that role. They've already named him the starter, which is wonderful because he'll be getting first team carries. You know, they were splitting him up, so he wasn't getting full time loads. Now it's going to be like, dude, you're our guy. We got a nice change of pace guy. It kind of reminds me of like a Kamara Ingram, like a smaller version of that. So I just got the Ingram piece. And he's young, he's talented, and he's fast. So they're going to give him the ball, and he's just going to run wild, I feel like. So, but on that note, while I did have some guys tick up, I did have Connor go down with an injury. So it's nice to know, even though I lost running back, I did gain one. So I'm not sweating too much. Yeah, the injury bug is biting everybody a little bit already this year, it seems like. Nobody's stretched. (laughs) Nobody's stretched out, man. That's hilarious. All right, guys. Uh, so real quick, I mean, that's that's our week one recap. And, you know, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. Got some uh, good info, some good nuggets out of there. And we're just going to wrap up this episode uh, with a little Thursday night football preview to get you guys ready. Uh, you're probably not even thinking about it just yet, but it is the Bengals at the Browns, the Battle of Ohio. So uh, both these teams had some interesting performances in week one. Uh, the Browns first, uh, I mean, not a lot went right for them in their debut in Baltimore. Uh, Nick Chubb did not have a good day. Baker Mayfield uh, was not looking up to par to me. And OBJ finished with three catches for 22 yards. So uh, nothing to get excited about on the Browns' offensive end. Uh, what do you expect in week two with this home matchup against the Bengals, Brad? I actually feel like it's going to be a total bounce-back game. They play Baltimore, division rival. Baltimore had all preseason to gear up and get ready for him. So they brought their A game, and it's Lamar Jackson. They got tons of pieces. So no one really expected them to win. But I will tell you this about NFL teams. No one likes to get embarrassed on national television, and I feel like they kind of did. So they're going to come out at their home, and I feel like they think since he's there, and they're just going to come, and they're just going to come bring their A game. So I feel like Cleveland wins this, and I think they win by about 10 points, 10, 14 points. I agree, man. I think I think that's kind of a good description of the game. I think Cleveland will get their aggressions out after getting pretty much stomp kicked. And, you know, since he came with some energy, uh, but it, it, it fizzled a little bit, uh, they might be a little disgruntled, too, about how that game wrapped up and, and that call on A.J. Green. So tough game, but I still see I still see Cleveland being able to really do th- some things. If you looked at that game, the first half, they were kind of really in that game with Baltimore. And it just kind of got away from them. That was like a few games, even like the Chicago game, like right at the half and right out of the half, they just scored and scored. And it's just like so hard when that situation happens. You don't have the ball even in that time, and they just score on you, and they they just stack points. It's just very difficult. So I, I see Cleveland winning, in, you know, maybe about 24, 13, something like that. Yeah, man. I mean, and obviously Baltimore was just clicking on all cylinders in that game. They look great just coming out. <laughs> I mean, uh, this this is my pick. I, I said it earlier. That's my pick to win the Super Bowl this year. So we'll see uh, if that plays out. But I want to get that on record because I get a feeling I might be right. But uh, on the Bengals side of things, guys, Joe Burrow, you know, he did have a, like a 20-yard rushing touchdown he broke off. I'm not sure what you guys thought about his performance. They, He was trying to drive him down for a game-tying field goal, I think, and there may have been a penalty uh, that kind of threw them off track. Uh, when you think about Joe Burrow and some of these Bengals pieces, uh, Rich, did anything stand out to you? I thought he looked better than – 
I really expected, to be honest with you. I mean, he still looked like a rookie to me, making a little bit of rookie head mistakes. But honestly, I had disrespected him a little bit and disregarded him a little bit as somebody, you know, he's not going to be fantasy relevant for me this year, but I, I could see it happening next year for me, uh, putting him on my roster. He's got talent. So more of a, more of a head for the game than I thought too. So let's, let's see how it progresses. This is week one. So I, I keep reminding, but I, I would say, keep that in mind. You know, Yeah. And I, I think that while some quarterbacks or some players will actually be good or decent football players, that doesn't necessarily translate to the fantasy world. So, you know, 250 yards and a touchdown gets you about 14 points a game. So, you know, I see him like, you know, being 12 to 18 point kind of guy. You know, he gets a rushing touchdown or a big TD run or something like that. It kind of bumps him up a little. But for the most part, I don't see him being a huge, huge fantasy guy or anything like that. So And uh, Joe Mixon's performance was uh, he was somebody who we could have had on our uh, burnouts because I don't think he uh, played very well. On Sunday, did you guys see the same thing from Joe Mixon? Yeah, I mean, I just, I think he was kind of just, eh. I wasn't really too impressed with anyone on that team. I thought, like, they did decent. A.J. Green was okay, and, you know, Mixon was okay, but none of them was just, wow, I, I need those guys. I think what I had projected for this team, I, I think I still kind of project, is that back half of the season might be when we start to see a, a nice progression for this offense. Um, I, I do see the pieces. Let's put it that way. I know Joe Mixon has talent, so I'll be continuing to monitor and see if they're that type of team that can come up, get to the back half of the season, go five and three in the back half and have a good offense. So maybe that's where it leads. I hope it doesn't. I actually have a bet against it going that way, but I, I, I will still check in on it. Like I do think it is in the realm of possibility that goes to that they're a nice offense. All right, right on, guys. Well, that's where we're going to wrap it up. That was fun. That was our first Monday Night Football episode. So we are going to uh, try to follow this format all season for the fans. So look for those episodes to drop the following Tuesday. And then when we record during Thursday Night Football, uh, we should be able to kick them out to you guys by Friday. So we're looking to do two episodes a week. Uh, make sure you're checking in following us on social media. Click that button. We appreciate it. Rich, you know, any final thoughts before we go, buddy? Just that it was a great week one, man. Um, maybe a little tougher on you, Mark, but I think you got the right attitude. You're, you're still in this to win it, and you got a good roster, so you keep plugging away. You look at, you look at waiver wires, you look at trades, and – Get after it, man. Week one's in the books. I'm excited. I'll see you guys on Thursday, wrapping up the Thursday night game and previewing out all of, of Sunday for Sunday and Monday of next week for you. So start to get in that rhythm for you guys and get you all squared away with all that. Yeah, man. I always say the fantasy season is a grind. So uh, we already talked about a few times, you know, you can't take anything for granted in week one. You can't make a whole lot of long-term decisions just based on week one performances, you know, so just keep it together. Uh, nobody panic just yet. I would say if you lost and Hey, if you won, hell yeah, you're, you're looking good going into week two. So, all right, guys, we're gonna wrap it up right there and catch us next time on the organic football podcast. Late.
my carbon footprint is zero. 